This is Aisle 42. Coffee is one of my favorite things to talk about, not only because I deeply cherish all three of my daily espressos, but also because the growing conditions, the well-being of farmers, and the supply chain that make this dark liquid magic happen is a stark reminder of how unsustainable our current food system truly is. This conversation is with Rachel Latacour, the Senior Marketing Director of Cafe William, an innovative and ethical coffee roasting company that is boldly venturing into the world of bringing sustainable coffee to the masses. In this episode, you'll learn how they're the first commercial coffee roaster to use 100% renewable energy and how they're actively building a supply chain that uses wind power. That's right, they've got beans on sailboats. You'll hear about Rachel's transformative journey to Columbia, where she connected with indigenous coffee growers committed to organic farming practices the journey of one of their latest coffee bean shipments that came to the eastern seaboard by sailboat, and we highlight Cafe Williams' commitment to environmental stewardship within the context of sustainable consumption and the power of consumer choice. This is a conversation that will inspire you to go beyond the cup, and you're going to love every moment of it. Let's get started. Here's Rachel from Cafe William. Rachel, I met you and your team at an industry event in Toronto back in October. I was blown away by your brand's bold sustainability messaging. My espresso was delicious that your team made for me and my curiosity was peaked instantly. I consider myself a bit of a coffee guy, but Cafe Willing was new to me. So I was really excited to learn more about what you're doing, what you're up to, and now this conversation. However, before we get into all the planet-saving mojo and coffee talk, I'd love to know, if you were to visit the perfect grocery store of the future, what would that experience be like? Wow, that's a big question. <laughs> so probably a place where the food we buy really elevate our standards and probably a place where we know the, the people working behind the food. So whether we know the farmers or we know the growers, a place with no waste, so probably a place where the minimum plastic op or optimal ways to package the food, a place where as a consumer, when you buy with your money, you almost vote. So you really support companies that not only are doing great for the planet, but really act uh, by what they say. So I think I'm an, uh, an idealism, so I believe this would be a place where I would love to visit. That sounds like a beautiful grocery store, I think. <laughs> and I like how you said that about voting with our dollars. I think consumers have a voice, and it's not just a social media voice. It is a transactional voice as well, and, and we have a lot of power when we choose brands at the grocery store level that are doing good things. It's actually my job right now to make it known. Because at this point, we're doing a lot of greatness at Cafe William. Like you said, I'm happy you said that. And it's more about making sure that consumers really understand what we do and how we're in action. So speaking of action, on December 18th, 72,000 kilos of coffee beans set sail from Santa Marta, Colombia, en route to your roasting facility in Quebec. This is not the normal journey for coffee beans. And Columbia, Sierra Nevada is not where the food industry usually sends its senior marketing directors. <laughs> so <laughs> what was this experience like for you to be with the farmers and to be on a sailboat full of coffee beans? It sounds like a dream come true. 
I said to my husband that it was a trip I was paid to go, but I would actually pay to go to this trip. It was a very transformative uh, trip because when you're going early in your career to the origin, you really understand deeply what it means to grow coffee and all the party involves in the, along the, the, the chain. So I had the pleasure to go to Colombia to visit our partner in this journey. We decided to work with the cooperative of Anaï. They are indigenous people growing organic coffee. Well, their coffee has been certified organic, but they've been growing organic coffee forever. They are these indigenous communities grows in the mountain. They grow the coffee in a way that is so respectful to the environment. It goes beyond words. I'm trying to be an ambassador of what they do, but I was so humbled, so transformed. We did not invent anything in North America. Lead certification, organic, fair trade. It's amazing that we have those certifications, but those people, they really stand by a deep respect of giving back to Mother Earth. That's their gods. So it, it was so inspiring. And all of us got to see and see our sailboat, the very first sailboat that we have um, actually partnered to, to make sure that they're transporting our precious beans, green coffee beans. And it was a, a dream coming true because when you have a vision, it's one thing to say it with your mouth, <laughs> but to make it happen really takes a lot of courage, a lot of effort. And I can say that for the past two years, Serge and Rémy, uh, the founding partners of Cafe William, they've worked so hard to make this come true. And at some point, they were almost thinking that it wouldn't happen. And they tried to find a plan Z, a plan X, Y, Z. And they finally found the Aventure, Aventure boat, sailboat. And like you said, Corwin, uh, they loaded in front of my eyes the beans at the port of Santa Marta. And they set sails to come to actually the port. And a few days ago, they actually took the beans from Philadelphia port in the U.S., where they're transporting the beans to the Quebec facilities uh, to roast it. So it's a journey. And it's so exciting because we believe that we're creating the most sustainable coffee. Uh, it's never a done deal. We're trying to transport the beans by sailboat, bringing it ideally in the future uh, by Tesla trucks, roasting it with uh, renewable energy like electricity in Quebec in a very modern, ultra-efficient facility with sustainable packaging. So every little piece of the chain really counts, but um, we're constantly acting on, on this um, journey. So on the overall chain. I love it. What a wonderful zip folder of goodness you just <laughs> delivered there. So let's go back for a moment to the farmers. It is on my bucket list for sure to visit places like Colombia and Guatemala. So I have to ask from, you know, from what you saw and what you experienced, how hard is it for these farmers to commit to doing things sustainably, to you know, running their businesses, to caring for their families, for living in communities that maybe don't have the services that their families need. 
what is that experience like for the farmers? What did you, you know, the stories that you heard, the people that you met, uh, what did you see? First of all, committing to make amazing, sustainable coffee for the farmers in Colombia that I had the privilege to meet, I would say was easy. And why I say that is because they believe to give back and to respect the nature so much that they do everything in their capabilities and capacities to respect that. But it's a lot of effort. I saw people working. There's no time starting or end. There's no, it's a family effort. They, they live in very remote spaces and they work so, so hard. They're so committed to produce the best quality of product. And with the help of Fair Trade Canada, for instance, they are able to have projects such as a facility where they produce compost and they call this compost their gold, their natural gold, because they love fertilizers that are so natural. The pulp of the coffee is reused to create microorganisms and really help the plant to grow at its maximum. But a few people in the, in the trip got to pick the cherry, the coffee in the trees over a course of, I don't know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. We picked a very, very small amount. We would not be good employees. We would not survive in Colombia picking coffee. It's extremely hard. The altitude and inclination of the hill is extreme. It's abrupt. So it's very physical. They work. I don't know. I didn't ask how old they were, but they were pretty old. So it's about, you know, can, we have a, resp a collective responsibility to ensure that those farmers, they actually have people to take over their, their farms and to protect the plants and ensure that our consumption is respectful in terms of we want to grow our business, but can the earth sustain our constant growing consumption? So anyway, all that to answer your question, I was very humble. I wouldn't be able in my, even I'm, I'm healthy, I'm young. As of today, I would not be able to be a farmer with, without the skills, of course, but just physically. And what I find extremely interesting is that those indigenous communities, they invest a lot in education. So there's a lot of different resources they put forward to support the farmers, although they're very, very far to support. So we still have a lot to do in our respective areas. But the start really starts by honoring the role of the farmers, the roots, where it comes from. So honoring that sometimes we forget it doesn't grow alone. It, there's a farmer and the role and the work around the farming and the origin of the coffee. I think just that is doing at least something to to honor their work. That's what I can do so far. Well, it's beautifully said, but it stands in the context of there's a lot of coffee consumption happening that isn't organic, that isn't supported by fair trade, that there is a plundering of the earth. And when I, I was asked not long ago, you know, if there was one area of the grocery store, one sort of 
product or category that if I was to start a business right now, someone asked me, what if I, Corwin, if you were to start a business right now, what would you? And I blurted out coffee. And they're like, really? Are you sure? I'm like, no, I'm not. Yes, I'm, I think I'm sure. But it's because it, for me as a coffee lover, like I really appreciate good coffee. I drink coffee slowly. I drink coffee in small amounts, not big buckets. And I'm one of the consumers out there that does, you know, lean into some of these, these things, but a lot of people don't. So I'm curious, do you have hope for the coffee industry? Do you feel like these farmers and these communities and these programs that you're so plugged into, are they going to be able to grow fast enough in order to turn the tide against what is likely a, potentially a very difficult growing environment and effect on the planet? I have a positive out, outlook on <laughs> the future we got to have because um, it's my nature, optimism. But uh, yeah, I think it's it's a shared responsibility. I like also what you said about you like to savor your coffee. So there's also an education on how do we appreciate the product in the first place as consumers education. We want transform everyone. We want, uh, but small things and um, slowly focusing on the importance of what does it mean to buy organic coffee? What does it mean to buy fair trade for consumers? What does it mean to really appreciate the origin? So yes, there's a lot of opportunities uh, lying with cooperative that sell their organic and fair trade coffee at a fair price, giving value to this big business to not to compete, but to join the movement stronger together in acting for the planet, in protecting what we have that is so precious. But um, I'm confident that it should be the standard. It should become the standard for sure to support organic. And then when the demand becomes so big, then everybody is going to, it's going to be the expected thing to have organic and fair trade cooperative, but it's a process, right? For people uh, growing it, it's a process. Well, I'll let your rub, your, your, your rubdomism. <laughs> That's not a word. <laughs> your optimism rub off. <laughs> How about that? Or just rubdomism. I'm just making up words now. Well, you know, with my accent, I could have said this. <laughs> That's right. So it's my accent, my West Coastness. <laughs> Most coffee brands are satisfied with being organic or fair trade certified or both. They see it as, you know, part of their responsibility. And then when it comes to positioning their brand on the grocery store shelves, it helps create some separation against those brands that aren't. We all get it. Cafe William team isn't stopping there. Your championing phrase of uh, acting beyond the cup, which I love that. It's not talking, that's acting. So I think that's beautifully built. We thought this through uh, for a while. Good. I think you did. Yes, I see that. It's not just a slogan. Good job. But you have a handful of sustainability initiatives that go you know, beyond the sailboat. And I do want to come back to the sailboat, by the way, because that's really fantastic. But let's talk about your facility. You mentioned hydroelectricity. Why is that so radical in the coffee industry? Why is the building that you use to roast and do your business, why are all the, those things around hydroelectricity and other sustainability initiatives in, say, your LEED certification? Why are these things so difficult? And why is it so important to you guys? 
what we are about to do is roast coffee with renewable energy. And this is a mondial first. It does not exist in the world. All the facilities of competitors' brand, big, big, major companies, uh, roasting companies in the world, uh, are roasting with fossil fuel. So whether it's uh, gas or uh, various, various sorts, that is very polluting. There's different reasons why they're doing that. Is, is the main one is probably access and cost. When the direction of Cafe William reflected on the strategic plan for the years to come, they really decided to take action where the word really comes to life. And they decided to build a facility where they would not just do the minimum requested, but go beyond that. And when you have that vision, you're not doing it because it costs less. You're actually doing it even if it costs more because it really fits with where you want to head. So I'm going to give you some concrete examples. Right now, we are to start roasting the coffee with a huge roaster that is actually uh, done in partnership with Neotech. So a German, a German company recognized worldwide for their roasters. They're really owning the science of roasting and they are uh, offering uh, equipment, very, very high tech. And we are to roast uh, with 100% electricity. Now, people were surprised because they, a lot of consumers assume we were already roasting with electricity everywhere. But no, everywhere, because roasting requires so much energy, we're nowhere in the world except for artisanal roasting. All the roasting at the industrial level is done with fossil fuel. And we've, at the cup, Fossil fuel discussions were really at the top of the agenda, but it's very difficult today to see actions because polluting, the government are charging no cost for polluting, but not polluting and actually reducing your impact on the environment at the minimum is actually asking for business to pay for that. But on the long term, it's going to be beneficial for consumer, for the planet for our vision. So it's very much of a decision of vision and what we want to do. And a plant soon to be certified lead in a context, there's a lot of lawyers or offices certified lead because the, the criterias are easier, I would say, I don't want to minimize the effort, it are easier to reach, right? Because they're going to be requiring to uh, manage the light, the lightning, the water management, few things, the environment itself for, for employees, industrial level, you really got to demonstrate that your energy consumption has a big impact. So not only the lightning, the environment, the gym, there's so many criteria, but also the eco-energetic plant as a whole. So it becomes very, very demanding but we were able to deliver on those demanding criteria. So we are about to uh, unveil the facility. It's, it's beautiful and it's, it's finished, but we wanted to wait for all the decoration to be installed. Oh my gosh, that's gonna be an amazing day when that hydroelectric roaster gets, gets rolling. That's gonna be very, very cool. Thanks for walking me through that. <laughs> Let's go back to that beautiful sailboat. 
carbon management is the dark arts of sustainability. And by the looks of it, about one shipping container of coffee produces, what, about a ton of CO2. How many boats do you need <laughs> to do all of your supply chain on boats? Like, is this sailing idea, is it is it scalable? Do you feel like, I mean, it's a wonderful initiative. Is it something where down the road you can imagine more or all of your coffee coming on boats? So, Carwin, that is a very good question because you're actually bringing me to tease on what's coming for Cafe William. So this concept, up to August was probably just a crazy idea. With the boat we did in December, with this first uh, boat, selling boat coming from Colombia, it's more of a concept trial, right? We could not scale what we just did. It's very complex. It's very costly. It's very small. So three containers on on the overall amount of green coffee we import is very, it's a small fraction, but we had to do this trial to make it a reality, to show the way and to explore more opportunity of partnerships. And actually we are to find and, and finalize agreements with other partners, building new solutions in maritime transport so that we would be realistically able in a very few months to import mass a massive amount of coffee with cell, the, the wind power in zero that is emission. amazing so it, it was this was just a test but we are looking forward and i don't want to unveil what's coming but you gave me a big door so i want to i want to come in but so what's coming is very exciting that's very cool uh, yeah to be honest i thought i was going to I wasn't sure if my question was going to land or it was going to get, uh, yeah, anyway, <laughs> bravo. I'm excited by that. I think the idea of leaning into transportation modes that maybe just outside of CO2 alone, I think also create experiences and employment and opportunities. I mean, there's a lot of ways that we can do business. And when we lean into the hard areas, for better for the planet. It's a beautiful thing. So I think that's really, really cool. For consumers, it's hard to take in all the promotional activity, all the messaging, all the merchandising, all the education, adding layers of sustainability for many brands is just, it's all too hard. You guys are leaning into sustainability in a really big way. And specifically, I want to ask about your five retail core products. You've got uh, on store shelves, they're, you know, they're all different beans, different roasts, they have different bold names like impact. So talk to us about some of the products that you guys have on grocery stores that are now coming across the country in Canada. We created at Cafe William what we so call the sustainable collection. When you look at them on shelves, they are very bold in colors and we wanted them to have an impact because the impact on shelf is very much where consumers put their attention and it starts there. We want to create an interest. We want to be modern and speak to those consumers that have an interest to buy very premium quality beans and a company that really stands. And so we've put forward on each bag 
our tagline really acting beyond the cup and on the side of the bag, all our initiatives. Now, what we offer in those five different blends are mostly coming from South America and Central America because like we talked a little bit earlier, our intention is that maybe in a, in a couple of months, years, we'll be able to source most of that coffee with our sailboat transportation. So it's, go it's going to really try to hit all along the supply chain most sustainable way possible. So we've got five different blends from uh, light roast to dark roast. We also have a decaf and an espresso, and they are really developed to please all different kinds of consumers. So whether you're, you're loving the acidity and the, the, the boldness of the origin taste in the very light roast, or you're absolutely only buying an espresso blend and you go for the vision. So their name is Awake to a fairer world. It's just awake, but I like to give a bit of this of where it comes from. Then we have sustain, sustain, of course, the planet. We also have impact for your moment of impact. <laughs> it's all the impact we have on the planet, right? Each and every of us. We have vision because it takes a lot of vision to stand by our principles. And then we have decaf that is called evil because decaf is a very special blend because Today's consumer is more and more interested in decaf because you'll have your espresso or your light or maybe I'm whatever cup of coffee in the morning. But down the day, uh, maybe you'll have an, a, a decaf. And it's very interesting to see that more and more consumers are interested in, in decaf uh, coffee, actually. So we hope that this sustainable collection is bought by consumer because it's excellent coffee in the cup. But it really feels good to buy it because as much people are aware more and more, they know that they're not just, they're really encouraging a company standing by its principles and doing more. I love it. It's a wonderful lineup. And I think the fact that you're leaning so hard into the sustainability messaging along with the flavor profiles and the origin and all of these things you're weaving together a story that's been beautifully said and not easily done. So I'm very intrigued by it. And I have enjoyed it many times already. <laughs> coming up this spring, you guys are coming out West. You're bringing your coffee is starting to show up on shelves or it's about to out here in Western Canada. What is it about coffee consumers out on the Western side of North America that excite you guys that feel like your brand of coffee is a good fit? Because it's a wildly competitive coffee industry out here, but one that you guys are excited to lean into. So what is it about your move out West that's exciting for you? I think there's so many companies that already have demonstrated the importance to offer organic, fair trade coffee very high quality. So we are excited because actually, according to our insights and research, the BC province is probably the place in Canada where consumers are most aware and actually caring for those values and those actions. So we've done great things in Quebec, but the data shows that actually Quebecers are not so much interested in organic and fair trade. And it's very uh, surprising because 
actually it's very much out west that people are most interested. So we believe that those things we do will echo very well with consumers. And it's not about dominating. It's about having a piece of the cake and it's about presenting an offer of extremely good coffee and really showcasing that what we do, nobody has ever done it. So it's showing the way. We're just going to, to share what we do and inspire consumers, let them choose and try to listen to what their feedback is and how we can be better and what else we can do. It's about engaging with consumers. So we're so excited because we just want to expand that and, and share that, that availability to consumers, no matter what, where they are. So we want to give access, democratize the access to good product. And actually, one of the most important things to Rémi, the president of Café William, has always been to give access to organic, fair trade, and our sustainable collection at the same access price as an other non-organic nor fair trade product. So it's about making sure that quality price the consumer do not hesitate to pick a product that really does more for the planet. So that has always been to respect the, the payoff, like how consumers perceive the quality. That's amazing. Well, you're coming out West with your product. Uh, there's a few hundred marinas full of sailboats. Maybe instead of a food truck or you could have a, like a, a sailboat coffee shop that you could just sail around and, uh, anyway, maybe I should. I love uh, that creativity. It sparks <laughs> yeah. something in me right now. That sounds expensive, but you know, hey, you never know. Well, I'm excited to see you guys on shelves out here in the West. Love everything that you and your team are doing. You're doing it so boldly, and uh, it's a beautiful thing. So, thank you for everything you're doing. Thanks for taking a few minutes to talk about this and the boats and the coffee farmers and all the things coming up. It's obviously going to be an exciting year for Cafe William. Thank you, Corwin. We, your time today allowing me to express what we stand for really matters. And I'm very, very appreciative and uh, grateful for, for meeting with you and all the consumers out west today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a great day. What a wonderful brand. What a great story. What a beautiful vision they have for coffee making. I hope you enjoyed listening. Please visit cafewilliam.com to learn more about their coffee and where to find it in store and online. And you can follow the journey of their most beloved beans. On behalf of Ethical Food Group, our family of agencies, our team of 140 across Western Canada, I'm Corwin Hebert, and I'll see you in the future.